Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to another visit to the mound. I'm Lark Smith, and he is Stan Huff. And we're here today to talk about the five-tool player. We've talked about this before, but didn't quite get into depth as to what it means to be a five-tool player. So first off, let's just hit exactly what a five-tool player is. It's a guy that can hit, hit with power, has some speed, can field, and also can throw. Exactly. you got to be able to feel the ball. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, so those that. are the five tools you're looking for. Now, let's first go in-depth into just hitting. You've got well, your guys. Let, let me start with running first. You uh, want to start with running first. Yeah, okay. run, hit, field, throw, and hit with power. Well, okay. We're going to okay. kind of well, go that way, but that's okay. Um, the running part is essential because that's part of the game. This It's the biggest part of the game right now. I mean, you get a guy that, well, and you get a guy that hit home runs. You got a guy to get on base and run, too. You got a lot going for you. So, <clears throat> have these guys, the way they're, they're graded, they have 60-yard dash, all right? Okay. They grade on a 2 to 8 scale or a 20 to 80 scale, all right? So, a uh, on a 60-yard dash, uh an eight or 80 runner is a 6.4 seconds or less. Now a 70 runner or seven runners, six, five to six, six, a six, uh, let's see, a 60 runner is a six, seven to six, eight or six runner, a five runner, which is the average speed is six, nine to seven, 6.9 seconds to seven flat. Okay. Those are key, though. Okay, now then once they get in the ball game and they're timing these guys out of the box, on the right-hand side, an 80 runner is going to run to first in four seconds, 4.0. A 70 runner is 4.1, 60 is 4.2, 50 is 4.3. And anybody slower than that is a pitcher. Or, or maybe not on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <clears throat> that's okay. That's all right. But now on the left side, on the 60-yard dash, well, excuse me, and we're, going, we're going home to first. Home to first. 60-yard yeah. dash is for either either side. Okay, home to first, 3.9 seconds is an 80 runner, 8 runner. Uh, 4.0 is a 70. 4.1 is a f uh, 60. 4.2 is a 50. I stop at 50 because that's your average, Okay. Um, now, 
hitting both sides. The guy that can hit 330 or better is, a, is an 80 hitter. That's the best hitter. Okay, and, and a lot that's, that goes into that is the competition they're playing as well. All right, so those two factors are big time. And, uh, I mean, anybody can hit 750 when, they, when the guy can't throw, he can't pitch. You know, they're, they're just taking batting practice out there, so everybody's going to hit good. But when you're challenged with a, with a really strong arm, that's when, it, that's when you got to really bear down on, on the hitter and see what he can actually do mm-hmm. against those type of pitchers that he'd be facing in professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're grading. Every, all this is grading on a major league average. It's not graded on a rookie ball or A ball or double A average. It's major league average. It's, these scouts have to see these players in major league uniforms before they're even considered. So, And if they are, they follow them, and they, then they get these, uh, these metrics on them. So uh, hitting batting average, 330 better is an 80 hitter. Three, 300 to 329. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's see here. 300 to 329 is a 70 hitter. 285 to 289 is a 60 hitter. And 270 to 298 is a 50 hitter. But you got to take into consideration the competition and also their age. Where are they in their development? Are they, are they uh, late bloomers? Or are they on top of it? Or, or, you know, where are they in their age? So that's, that's big right there. Okay, now you're mentioning <laughs> numbers like 80, 70, 60. You know, 80 for hitting, 80 for running. Do they, do they add those numbers together to decide who is, you know, which player is better than the next player? Is that each? Well, one? what you got is an, you got multiple categories. And, and those grades at 80, 50, 40, right. 20, 60, those are averaged together as to where, where the player is all round. Okay. So okay. you're looking a 50 plus uh, average uh, grade is is uh, above average uh, ball player. Average to above average. A 60 is above average. 70 is a really good ball player, and 80 is your top top, top notch. Okay. If it if it if it comes out to that, okay. so when you get the five tools, there's probably going to be a lot of 70s and 80s in there if you can do all that. Right. Uh, we did talk talk a little bit about you know you know uh, th- we we generally speaking on one of our other episodes, but this is more more of a specific deep dive into that. Right. Now, most players are four tool or three tool, or two uh, just have two tools. Uh, two tools, you better uh, make a pitcher out of them. <laughs> well, possibly, yeah. If <laughs> if one of their tools is not throwing, then we got trouble. Yeah, we got problems. I, I understand. So, um, so that's that's how that's put together. Now, <clears throat> these uh, these grades are projected future uh, grades because you, you're seeing them right now. Right, you've got to follow them. I think most organizations have their scouts. They like somebody. They got to see at least nine nine games. If they're that good, they're going to see a lot more games. Right. And uh, there are some number one picks that were, that were seen 25, 35 times uh, before, you know, the, they got down to, you know, this guy's the, the real deal. Um, so, you know, your projected future for power, okay? You got guys with raw power. Mm-hmm. Guys that are strong enough to hit it out of, 
he out didn't of any ball. Yeah, you know. But what you're looking for is that guy that can consistently put the bat on the ball and have an opportunity to hit it out virtually any time up. Tony Gwynn. T- t- uh, t- Tony Gwynn was more of an average hitter. I mean, a good, solid line drive hitter. I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about – let's see Mike here. Trout. Mike Trout. Now, that's a good one right there because he is consistently hitting 30, 35, 40 home runs a year and hitting for a really good average. This is a five-tool guy. Now, he's hitting those home runs. He's He's got – uh, he's got a good, uh, a high batting average, and he is uh, consistently getting on base and can run bases. He's fast. Plus, he's got a strong throwing arm from the outfield. They're playing him in center field too, so he can he can cover a lot of ground. Now, a lot of that has to do also with instinct. Instinctively, guys, that's the better outfielder mm-hmm. is probably your center fielder. I sure. mean, your strongest arm is probably going to be in right field. And then the and then the left fielder is you know is covering his ground out there in left field too, and he might have those same uh, tools as well. But all three fields have to be covered. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so let me get to the the pitching. Uh, excuse me, hitting for power. Uh, if a kid's projected to hit forty five home runs plus, that's an eighty hitter. Yeah. Eight or eighty. If he's hitting thirty, if he's projected to hit thirty-five and forty-four home runs, that's a 70, 70 hitter. Okay, a sixty is twenty-six to thirty-four. A fifty is fifteen to twenty-five. I got to tell you, the guys that are hitting fifteen to twenty-five home runs are they're grading higher these days they than are. they used to be. They are, all right? Because it used to be if you hit two hundred and hit. 15 home runs you might get released because right. your average wasn't very good right. but uh, as we spoke last time that uh chicks did dig the long ball <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah well it's i mean it's that about, explains a joey gallo how he sticks around exactly and he just got signed too i think uh somebody just signed the minnesota twins or somebody like that uh anyway anyway I- either way okay so your power guys are really customarily the peripheral guys your uh, first base third base right field left field okay right but now everybody is expecting them all all of them to do this right they expecting the catchers to hit for a good average too and with a lot of power that those are few and far between I, exactly i mean uh, the one that comes to mind right now is real muto yeah uh, with the phillies all right, so this is basically, uh, in a nutshell, what what scouts go out to look for. You know, there's other things they look for, too, as sure. far as their tools. They got the five tools. They want to know who he hangs around with. So it's a, it, it yeah. becomes down to a uh, makeup deal. Yeah, that's another thing that I call the triple A's. What would that be? Ability, aptitude. Attitude. Okay, attitude is good. It's big. All right. Yeah. You want a guy that, and I'm seeing, a, I'm not seeing a lot of this, but the guys, the teams that are the best are doing a lot of, they're playing team baseball. Mm-hmm. These guys that beat their chest and you know, look at me and all that stuff, that, that I, 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 me, me, me stuff, that doesn't bode well for in, in a team setting. All right. You better be doing that a whole lot before they'll, 
say, okay, you can mm-hmm. keep doing that, but mm-hmm. we're, this is a team game. So we're trying right. to do this as a group, not, yeah. not just one guy. And, and that team game concept mm-hmm. is why Aaron Judge just signed a big contract. It's because he's a team player. Well, He doesn't necessarily, you know, thump the chest and, and no, point at himself. I mean, uh, Mickey Mantle used to say, uh, I hit a home run off a, off a pitcher. I put my head down and run. You know, yeah. He knows I hit the ball pretty good. And mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm, I'm not there to show him up. No, but that's happening way too much. Jumping up and down and and throwing the bat in the air and it's that causes uh, it causes <laughs> well, bad feelings uh, uh, for to uh, the uh, uh, opposing team. Yeah, you know, it, it causes it, some it, other things to happen. It too. causes the tower to get buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> I can name that pitch in one. <laughs> I've made that chin music in one pitch. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you're looking for, for that kind of quality of pl- in a player, you know, that'll go out and, and bust his tail every day. And uh, it's hard to do when you're playing 162. Even in the minor leagues, you're playing 144 games. And rookie ball, you're playing 70. And a lot of kids haven't played that much all year. Right. Uh, in two years, maybe. Um I remember in high school, how many games did we play? 16, 18 maybe. Yeah. And we it, got in the postseason, played maybe two more. Yeah, that kind of deal. So that's really not a whole lot. And and also, you know, in teenage ball, we only played about 15 or 16 games too. Right. That's all changed now. now oh, you yeah, got well, travel ball. Travel ball and select baseball, you know, they're, paying, they're playing tournaments virtually every weekend. They're and, playing uh, five, six games in a weekend. Uh, they're playing forty to eighty games a, uh, a session, yeah. you know, and you know in the summer session and then in the fall session they don't play quite as many, but they they do play a lot. Well, <coughs> back to the five tools fielding, I've noticed at the college level, I see a lot of JUCO ball that they are really drilling into, especially the left side infielders, the backhand pickup. They 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 don't want them in front stopping it. They want that backhand pickup. Well. You, um, there's a th- you heard range. His guy's got good range. Well, how do you di- how do you dictate that? R- range is nothing more than positioning. Right. So if you got good range and you're positioned right, you're gonna. There are times you're gonna have to use that backhand. Sure. Now, it, uh, that should be worked on. You know, everything's from the ground up. So your backhand, you're you're close to the to the ground. And you're bringing it up and in. You're bringing it into your 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 middle of your body, so you can get set to throw. And getting your feet in position, a lot of that athleticism that these scouts look for is part of that. All mm-hmm. right, actually, they're looking more. How does he catch a ball hit right to him? How does he catch a hard ground ball hit right to him? Is he staying with the ball? Or is he is he shying away from it? Right. All right. So, fielding the ball from the ground up is the first thing. Second thing, how are you reading the swing? How are you reading the guy's swing? Right. So if you got a quick bat, if you're a shortstop, you're going to play the right-handed hitter, you're going to play him a little more to the left side. If he's got a slow bat, you're going to play him more in the middle. That was the only reason I had any range at shortstop is I was pretty good at anticipating where the batter was going to hit the ball. That by reading bat speed. By reading bat that's, speed. That's the key right there. And also – you got to have a really good idea on what your pitcher's doing. Sure. If your pitcher's throwing the ball away, 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 you might as well. You got a better chance of playing more up the middle, sure. whether they're good, uh, if it's a quick bat or not, because he's pitching everybody away. Right. Um, I don't like that. I would rather my pitcher throwing p- 
pitching ineffectively and in and in going away when he has to, right. unless he's just his his fastball is just not competitive enough. Then you then you pitch backwards. You start using your breaking ball more than your fastball, and use your fastball to set up that other stuff. Right. Okay. So let's get back to the grading part. So the overall grade, once they're all the the categories are are graded out, then they take that average. And that that's where they put themselves as far as in the in the pecking order as to, as the draftability. Right. Okay. So uh, all of this to say a little bit right here. This is for all the kids to know if they're interested in playing at higher levels. This stuff that we just talked about has to be worked on. Worked on, and and you got to apply it. And then those numbers that you're putting out have to be at a high level to get to, to have uh, some interest uh, your way, you know. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of guys that had really like strong arms, but they couldn't run, and they their their hitting was the abilities were like mm, not that good. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> I could run, I could field, I could throw. I just, I, I couldn't hit. <clears throat> well, anyway, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Sure. It's, uh, you got to put all these things together if you're scouting players. And if the player is objective enough, he knows where his shortcomings are, he's going to work on them. And right. we've talked about the other stuff on how to work on in, in former uh, episodes. Right. So we really want to go into all that right now. But um, anyway, so uh, so when, once a scout puts this all together, then he sends in a report, mm-hmm. and his report is graded or is, is gone over by the scouting director. Now they got area scouts, they got regional uh, cross checkers, and then they got national, national cross, cross checkers. So if you got a guy that's really good, and you like him, and you're selling this to your scouting director. The regional cross-checker is going to come in, and he's got to say okay to it. And once the regional cross-checker comes in, and in effect what they're doing is they're watching more ball games too. Absolutely. Okay, then in effect, after so many ball games, they really like this guy, they get a national cross-checker to come in. Mm-hmm. Now that's the guy that if he puts his name on it, that's that player is going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. It, it it goes through a a range of of uh, grades, sure. uh, grades from different folks and different levels of mm-hmm. that, and and that's how this this takes place. Once again, if the kid is that interested in, in going and playing at higher levels, then basically what he's going to have to do is is get himself strength wise strong enough to hit the ball out of the ballpark consistent enough to hit for a good average now that what i'm talking about on the good average part is hard consistent contact right so if you're working on that your your average is going to take care of itself sure. all right and hard consistent contact against a quality pitcher right or pitchers so to speak sure. so um so that's that's a part that that parts and you work on your running all right that don't mean run every now and then to do sprints means run every day Every day. I Absolutely. Mean, you go to some of these colleges, they do their sprint work virtually every yeah. day. And a lot of that also has to do with any uh, weight training as well as weight control. 
Oh my gosh! Yes. Your, yeah, your own body weight. Can't be eating donuts and make it. No. No, you can't. <laughs> you got to be a lean, mean fighting machine. Yeah, the donuts here—they won't get you. <laughs> won't get you there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right about that. So, um, well, I'll take all those things and and put them all together. Right. And then I would think you know that's the A of my triple A's. The the A is those five tools, the ability. Then after that, I guess it's conversations with the player to find out his <laughs> aptitude and his attitude. Yeah, I mean, uh, if the if the scout's interested in the player, he's going to eventually walk up to him and introduce himself and mm. say, uh, you know, he's not going to say we're going to draft you right out of the shoot. Oh no, he's going to find out who you are, what you're about. He's going to find out who you hang around with. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are some scouts that went to to college and, and uh, high school counselors, who's he hanging around with? Right. And and you're going to get a general opinion. Mm-hmm. They're not, they may not be specific, but it's enough to know thumbs up or thumbs down. Sure. Uh, I believe makeup is a big deal that's, that's pretty much overlooked a lot. But when <clears throat> you got guys that are tools, they do some overlooking a little bit, but because you don't have that many guys with that, those, those all five tools. Right. So, in effect, what, what needs to happen is they need to get them in and, and school them on their conduct mm-hmm. and what they need to do to, to go to higher levels. And I, Now, we never did that when I was in pro ball. Now, when I was a coach, we never, we never got that far. We assumed what we got was they were ready to go and they had the great makeup and all that. I would, have, I would assume now with all the, all the, you know, you're on – you're in the spotlight virtually every night and every day in the public, in the paper, or on the TV, and right. all that stuff. That that this would be discussed on how to <laughs> how to conduct yourself, you know, away from the field, on the field, and away from the field. Absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much okay. Uh, well, that that's our deep dive into the five <laughs> tools. Now, you you told me before we started this that there was a fish story you wanted to tell. Yeah, a baseball fish fish story. Well, I'll tell you a baseball fish story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. In uh, in 1978, I was in Double A with the Jackson Mets and Mets Farm Club and uh, Texas League. So we had a player named Dan Smith. Now Dan's passed away now, and he would he would validate this too. But uh, he this guy we'd get off an eight-day road trip and he'd hook the boat up and go fishing before he said hello to his wife this is the kind of fisherman he was I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and there's another buddy of ours dave covert over in meridian mississippi that he he liked to fish too so we got together and we decided we're going to go fishing but all this time dan had been bragging to bob wellman our manager what a great fisherman he was well bob always said you couldn't catch a fish if you if you're on your best day, you, he said you couldn't catch a coal in a windstorm, much less a fish. <laughs> anyway, well, we took that as fun. That was funny. Mm. Well, Dan was kind of offended uh, at it. Yeah. And it was always, oh, well, I'll show him. We'll go fishing. I'll bring home a string of fish that he'll, you know, he'll understand. Well, take it easy, Dan. So, well, I say all that to say this. When we got out of spring training, we got to Jackson. And about uh, we were there in the this spring. It wasn't quite uh, <clears throat> summer yet. But the bass were spawning, okay? That's February, March. Yeah. So, anyway, they uh, we, were at, we went to a, 
a residential lake in Jackson. It's out by the Ross Barnett Reservoir. And uh, these two kids took us out there that were, you know, that worked at the ballpark. You know, they they were showing us around, and we took them out in the boat. We caught a string of fish like you wouldn't believe. It was great. Well, at the end, you know, Dan was talking about, well, this isn't good enough to, to prove to Bob, you know, but we're going to take them anyway. They were keepers. Well, the kids said, well, wait, come over to our house. we got a walk-in freezer. i got a couple fish here I want to show you. <laughs> this is a whopper of a story, too. Well, it got to be, and we go over there. These fish were, were, they were caught, and they put in a freezer, okay, and then frozen. Right. Well, the scales were coming off. The eyes were kind of poked <laughs> out, and, and uh, Dan says, can I have those fish? Said, yeah, you can have them. We're not going to do anything with them, so – Two nine-pound bass. Wow. It was amazing. And yeah. I thought, well, look at these fit. Well, it was really amazing when they thawed out. Mm. Oh, my gosh. That was the worst smell. <laughs> and we put them on that stringer. It was the middle of the day. Okay, we go in the clubhouse, and Bob's already there, you know, doing his paperwork. And I come walking in with those things on, and on that stringer, you know, over my shoulder. And he said, Wow, where'd you buy those? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, somebody's already got to Bob already. Anyway, we go in, put them in a big number two wash tub, you know, all those fish with those two big bass. Mm -hmm. And those field crew guys are coming in, the groundskeepers and all that. And this, we had a nice-looking older lady that was doing our marketing for us. Judy Shute was her name. She came in, looked at those fish. She took off. Well, we didn't think anything of it. Well, here we are with this big lie, this this lie we told all these people, and Bob was there to hear it. Well, she comes running back. She said, leave those fish right there. The editor of the Field and Stream and the paper is coming to do a story on them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I said, I looked at Dan, and I looked at, at Dave, and I said, okay, time out. Let's go in a dugout. Well, I said, we're going to lie about this, or we're going to confess? I said, I'm not real fond about this lying part. He said, we're going to lie like troopers. <laughs> <laughs> they were excited about it. I was, like, embarrassed. I said, well, I don't know about this. <laughs> well, anyway, the guy comes in. We, they had us put our, our uniform tops on and our caps on, and mm -hmm. we got a big picture with these two fish that we, you know, we were just given got in the to freezer. us. And they, were, they did a half-page article on this in the paper. I mean, this was, I thought, how is this going to work? Well, we lived with that lie the rest of the season. Next spring training, the next spring training, Dan comes to me and goes, hey, I think i got to go tell Bob. He says, have you been, has this bothered you? I said, I've forgotten about that thing. He says, yeah, let's go tell him. So we got covered, too, and we went over. Back in the back of the locker rooms, the, the coaches' and managers' locker room was back there. So they were in there having a meeting. We busted into the meeting, right? And Dan says, right, Bob, i got to tell you, we got to confess. And the first thing out of Bob's mouth was, you didn't catch those fish, did you? <laughs> <laughs> So Dad confessed, and it busted up the place. He told them the story, and they were all laughing about it. 
Well, irregardless, that didn't help us out very much in our baseball plan, but, <laughs> but it was a good story. <laughs> it was. Well, that is our time for this episode of A Visit to the Mound. We thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments or anything you would like for us to cover, we would love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Visit to the Mound or visit us online at avisittothemound.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, and review this podcast. And be listening the next time we make a visit to the mound. That'll wrap up this visit to the mound. We certainly appreciate you joining us today for a little baseball talk. Anytime you want to hear something about baseball, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast, or you can go to roguemedianetwork.com for the next edition of A Visit to the Mound. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.